Yeah, so usually we'll start, most of our clients are between about 10 million to call it 100 to 500 million in revenue okay. um, per year. We have a few clients that are, um, you know, several billion. Phil, thanks for taking the time and let me uh, swing by the office here. Yeah, of course. Um, welcome to the, the Charlie Little Business Podcast, where we help young people find their career, improve their business, and get the most out of life. Yeah. I really enjoyed talking to you a couple years ago before my mission, because um, I heard you were into marketing, had this agency, and it was really interesting. So it's good to see you again. Yeah, no, good to be here. <laughs> As a little bit of a background of how I know Phil, is I know his parents, so Art and Nancy Case were from my ward back in Arizona. And so uh, Art is was my seminary teacher and is now the patriarch. And uh, Nancy, I would do yard work for her a lot. And so, but it's cool to kind of go full circle. Yeah, no, it's awesome. <laughs> and so, yeah, in the short time that we have together, uh, since there's a lot of young people listening, we'd love to just kind of hear a little bit about your career path. Yeah. What a marketing agency is like and what kind of the day-to-day -day is that you work with. So it's interesting. I definitely got here maybe more circuitously than I had anticipated. When I was in college, um, I first wanted to be a medical doctor because I was born with a hole in my heart. And I always felt like that was something I was attracted to and wanted to find a way to give back. You found out you hated blood? And then my freshman year of college, I had enrolled for all biology and science classes as a pre-med. And the day before school started, I thought, what am I doing? I hate blood. I don't think I could hack a day in surgery. And so I did a complete about face, you know, the day before school started my freshman year, just took generals. And when I got back from my mission, my focus was very much on international and international business. And so I, I pursued that, was studying Arabic, working on a political campaign, was thinking I would live in the Middle East doing international diplomacy. And then when I met my wife, my third year of college, I told her of my plans as we were dating. And she said, that sounds amazing. I hope you have a nice life. <laughs> um, and I realized that she you know, didn't want to go to the Middle East. And so I began to look at some other options, one of which I was really involved at BYU with the student alumni organization. We had a speaker come in and uh, talk about asking for the opportunity and being aggressive and jumping into things. And so I walked up to him afterwards and said, I want an internship. And he said, well, I guess I have to interview, interview you after what I just said. And that ended up being a 13-year career and me running that agency um, after a couple of years. And so I, I started as an intern, quickly moved into a sales and, you know. And this is, was it with Fluid with Advertising? Fluid Advertising with an with a, um, account relationship role. And then he left after my about third year, and I took over as the managing partner and ran that for about a decade and brought on another partner or two that I worked with during that time. And, uh, and during the first few years of me being there, I kept trying to leave. I kept trying to do investment banking or consulting or something else, and it just never would pan out. And I kept asking myself, why, why isn't this working? But the longer I stayed, I realized that not only was it a fit, even though my only qualification was a single marketing class at BYU. Um, but it just came natural and I loved it. I once had a client say, you know, all week I'd have to do work 
and you're the thing, you, you, this meeting with the agency every week is what I look forward to the most. It's the most creative and fun thing that I do. And I thought, if this is the best part of your week, this is what I do all week long with other clients. And, you know, I felt, I felt lucky to hear that. Yeah. And so we had an opportunity to grow the agency from about six or seven people to about 35. Um, we, you know, grew it from, um, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars in revenue a year to about five million. And, you know, worked with clients all across the country, some of the largest telecom, you know, wireless providers to um, Becton Dictal uh, Medical, you know, BD Medical, they're a publicly traded company out of New Jersey and, um, you know, traveled to China and other parts of the world to work with clients. And so a lot of fun, yeah. a lot of great experience. And, um, and then I shifted here to Max Connect Digital a couple of years ago. We had some change of ownership at my last agency and. Uh, Max Connect is, you know, about 10 times the size of my last agency and wow. had just an incredible opportunity to join a team that was already moving and providing incredible results and was, you know, hi highly skilled experts. And now you're the president of Max Connect. I'm now the president and very fortunate to be in a position to try to work with and influence others and um, build new relationships. And so it's, it's been an amazing experience so far. As you think about, as I think about a career path, I, I, I couldn't have written my own story or predicted what would have happened, even if I would have tried. Right. Um, sometimes I think when we're in college, we're thinking, um, I'm trying to think five to 10 steps ahead, which is good. But what I found is if you're preparing yourself and putting your best foot forward, take the opportunity that comes, call it luck or fate, and make the most of it. And I know a lot of people in their career that will stay two or three years and leave and two and three years and leave. And I've just found for me that if you can grow where you're planted, that sometimes um, you can learn things that you wouldn't have learned otherwise. Sometimes the harder lessons where we might leave a company because it's just not going the way that we want it to. But if you can be the change agent, if you can become, um, if you can create the future that you were hoping for there, um, not only does leadership respect you, but there's a lot of fulfillment that comes with that and a lot of learning. Um, you ask a little bit about, you know, day-to-day -day in an agency life. And uh, the thing that's fun is, you know, we have about 120 clients. And so cool. instead of just focusing on one account, we have a team that focuses on many. And we're not trying to do all things for those particular clients, but be the right partner to help run customer acquisition campaigns, to sell more cars, to have people buy more boats, to have people buy more homes. And so we're aiding companies in growing their customer base in terms of growing their market share and growing revenue. We're trying to help them achieve business outcomes. And so, you know, the day-to-day -day is going to differ for each team member. It might be a lot of meetings. It might be sitting at a desk and, um, you know, managing Google or Facebook ad campaigns. It might be creating a beautiful logo or a website. Um, it might be um, project planning ahead for the next three months on behalf of a client. So it's going to differ, but agencies tend to be a little bit faster pace than going in-house with one brand. And there's a very good learning curve here where I usually say that you can learn in one year what it usually takes two to three years in-house just because the nature of the variety of the amount of industries you can touch and your purview to, um, you know, a massive amount of, of clients. 
And I think one of the appeals there, like you mentioned, for that whoever that one client was, they looked forward to being with you. And so from your perspective, you re- probably really enjoy the day-to-day because you get that like variability a little bit. Um, I, so I had an opportunity when I had left Fluid to potentially go in-house and work with the brand directly. And as I explored those couple of opportunities um, compared with the agency lifestyle, I don't know if it's for everyone, but for me, I love a little bit more fast pace, more excitement, and just being able to not have the same day-to-day um, account that you're looking at trying to figure out, but it's fun to try to solve problems across multiple clients in multiple industries. What's the biggest difference between like an ad agency or market agency, whatever it's called, Max Connect, and business consulting or management consulting? Because that, I mean, it sounds interesting to me, and I think to a lot of young guys, but what's kind of the, the difference there if there is a big difference? Um, there's a difference, but you'll find groups like Accenture that is doing business and strategy consulting, but now has an entire digital and marketing implementation team. And so they're starting to blend more and more strategy with marketing implementation. Well, they'll go and define who the market is and what the product fit is and help the companies design and build those and then be part of the execution and bringing that to market and running campaigns and inquiring, you know, acquiring customers. And so there is a difference. Um, you know, you still have McKenzie and company that will come in with a million dollar contract and do consulting and build the strategy and then hand that off to the company to then figure out how to implement. And so we would be, we would probably fall below the overall business consulting strategy where we'll do strategy and do some consultation, but it's always within the context of marketing. Um, so we're not trying to affect financials. We're not trying to affect you know, structure and team and culture so much okay. and, and, and fix broken companies or improve companies as from where they're at. Uh-huh. We're instead trying to find those companies that are already the winning horse and bet on them even succeeding further and being that part of that inflection point in their growth. And so we're already looking for fairly well-run companies and those that have kind of figured things out that have a good leadership team and putting other pieces in place with marketing and technology around that that allows them to get greater success. Very cool. And from what I guess, is it like you work with small to medium-sized businesses, like seven or eight-figure businesses? Or what? who's your like ideal yeah. customer? Yeah, so usually we'll start, most of our clients are between about 10 million to call it 100 to 500 million in revenue okay. um, per year. We have a few clients that are um, you know, several billion. Um, but yeah, I, I would say the, or the, the brand that's investing, you know, half a million to a million dollars in marketing a year. Cool. So, and since, like I said, there's a young audience and I'm sure as you think back at, you know, in your twenties that you were thinking, okay, do I do international business? Do I do medical? And then you ended up doing, you know, marketing and stuff. And I love how you mentioned that you met your wife and you were thinking about doing international business and plans changed quickly. Which I think is important because, you know, Brad Nelson, he always told me, like, there's a lot of open doors and a lot of times you need to go through some doors before you even see that there's more. Like, mm-hmm. you, like you said, you wouldn't be able to do the full plan from the beginning. Yeah, but I guess just overall, what um, was the biggest help in your 20s to get you on the right career path and be successful? And what would kind of be your counsel to the 
the 21 year old return missionary? I would say, um, to your point, keep a very open mind. Um, plans can change and sometimes change often for the better. And so we really, we, we might really want one thing and feel like that is our future. But if we're willing to kind of be nudged a certain one way or another and be willing to work hard and yet opportunistic, usually that's where I found it's the person that hustles that is able to quickly take advantage of the luck or the opportunities that come their way. Um, I think in addition to that, having some really good mentors and advisors. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky enough, particularly in my 20s, where I had two or three people that I would meet with on a quarterly basis, and not formally, but I would be the one that would reach out to them, and I would apprise them of my current situation and ask for advice yeah. and help me understand, should I go through this door or this door? Or... Um, what would you do in these types of situations as I look ahead from a career opportunity perspective? And uh, that helped in a very um, meaningful way um, to get somebody's perspective that's, you know, 30 to 40 years in their career and have opportunities to kind of put their arm around me and say, I know you want to go get an MBA, but I think in your position and role, it probably won't do much. And since that time, I never did. And I've hired several MBAs that have worked for me. And so it, it's been interesting that, um, you know, unique to your circumstance and situation, there's going to be different counsel and advice. And it's important to uh, uh, see what your peers are doing, but also those that have gone ahead on that road and being able to get, you know, direction. As you work with so many different clients on a daily and weekly basis, what are some of like, the common principles you see? You're not doing consulting all the time. You're working with sales and marketing. But what are some of the common themes? Like if businesses could just do these two things, two, three things that make the biggest difference, you think? Um, I this morning had a meeting with a fairly large, reputable title company in Utah, the largest. And they ask a similar question. And it's interesting. I think if most, most companies would be consistent in their marketing efforts. Sometimes marketing is like random acts of God. You just never know what they're going to do or where it will strike because they kind of just jump to whatever comes their way and trying to um, kowtow to a vendor or think about a promotion quickly, but they're just not as strategic. So I think being both strategic and consistent is where we see clients month after month, year after year, they own their market. Uh, the other thing I would say is it's okay to be a little bit bullish um, and uh, be contrarian to what your peer sets are doing. Uh, we have found like during COVID, mm -hmm. uh, we had several clients in those early months come to us and say, we sell cars. No one's allowed to come in our dealership. We're going to shut everything down and not spend any money. And we said, we think that that's the wrong decision. In fact, we think you should double down and you're going to see growth. And so we came and presented a plan. We helped them transform, transform their business digitally to, to, in terms of their retailing and ability to showcase their cars. And within that next month, they went from the number 31 Honda or Hyundai dealer in the country to becoming the number two Hyundai dealer in the country. And they became the number one for the state of Utah for the next four to five months because they were willing to be aggressive and to go on the offense when others weren't and to not be afraid to make an investment and to take some risks. 
Cool. It, and I was listening to another podcast you were on and it sounded like there was at some point, probably with fluid advertising, that there was about four employees and about 250,000 in revenue a year. And you were kind of on that crossroads of you know, what do we do now? And so in that experience, what was that like for you? And yeah, what role do you think risk has in a young person's life and in an entrepreneur's life, someone who's starting a business? Yeah, I mean, that was an interesting time where our president had just left and the parent company had approached me and said, you know, what do you think we ought to do here? Is there a future for this agency? And with those four team members, um, it was either we go big or we go home. We don't want to continue to exist in the small way that we have. Uh, we want to become something. We want to be recognizable. We want to have national accounts and um, we had a great team and it was about bringing in the right partners, making some big and small bets along the way. And we weren't right with every assumption, but we were right with a lot. And, and because we were willing to do the hard work and to take some risk along the way, we, we did see some success. And, you know, from, from an early entrepreneur, um, getting outside of your comfort zone and being willing to, you know, ski outside the lines at times where you may not know how you're going to make payroll or, um, you know, provide necessarily, but it's in those moments that it only fuels your, um, your willingness to do those hard things and, you know, put in the hours required early in your career to find success. I've never meant to met a successful entrepreneur that's made a business really worth anything that hasn't been down some difficult roads. And I don't think they would ever wish, wish those experiences didn't happen, but instead that's who ultimately defined them and helped them become the character of the person they were that today. That's awesome. And I like how you mentioned it. It seems like a common theme is you get in the right people on your team and the company. And, you know, if COVID hits or something else happens, you're able to kind of be strategically agile. Yeah. Um, you know, I think about Good to Great by Jim Collins, and that's one thing, one of the key principles is first who, then what. And so with your career in the business, what have been some key parts of getting the right team around you? Yeah, so it's been interesting. We've taken also the approach that um, sometimes the right team may not come to you, that if you just merely post a job or advertise it as such, um, I'm always of the opinion, go find who you want. Go find who that right individual is. And so whether it's yeah. making the phone calls, reaching out directly to them and saying, let's talk about an opportunity. I will say, though, that even today I was in a conversation with a team member that just doesn't yet feel like they're in the right role. And so the discussion was, how do we create the right role? Because you're on the bus now and we like you mm -hmm. and you're having uh, an immense impact. But if it doesn't feel right, we'll get you to the right seat. And I, I found over the course of my career that it's not about being a leadership athlete or an Olympic athlete that you have to be the one always in the, you know, fanfares of success and in the limelight. And, and there's some fulfillment that comes there, but true fulfillment in a career comes from being a, an Olympic coach and in helping coach the next generation and bringing them along and helping them be in that limelight and spotlight and being able to help them find their path and success. That's where I've gotten far more fulfillment in my career than just trying to be one that, you know, is, uh, is trying to claim the victories. 
Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you also avoid micromanaging and kind of take that extreme ownership principle in play where you let people um, also make mistakes and learn, and that's kind of how they grow, but how they um, – how you you build a good team because otherwise you know as an Olympic athlete mm-hmm. you can't do as much as a coach like you're saying when you, you're working with lots of people. Yeah, so one I'll just add an addendum to that. Malcolm Gladwell who um, wrote the Tipping Point among many other books. He talked about that uh, the best companies he's ever seen um, have three conditions upon which they and the workforce that works alongside them. Um, kind of have a social contract, and that's uh, there must be autonomy um, that you have to delegate and allow those individuals to have the girth to make mistakes, to find success, and to take on responsibility. Secondly, there must be a challenge. The work must be hard. Uh, it needs to be stimulating. You don't want to go to work and do something easy, mm-hmm. and you have to have those new discoveries and insights along the way. And then the third is that there must be a connection between effort and reward. And so when you're working diligently, your team, your leader should recognize you that um, in front of your peers, that even that your performance and compensation is tied to the work you're doing. And when you can see that when I work harder, I have recognition, I can move forward in my career and I can increase my earning potential, uh, you get excited and you want to do more. And I think it's important to, if you can have those kind of base conditions in an organization, it helps quite a bit. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for just kind of like teaching us all those insights and giving us the overview of what your job is and what the company does. Um, kind of off topic, like for just young people in general, how'd you convince your wife to marry you? But <laughs> for those who are thinking about their future and uh, Maybe they're dating at BYU or they're just thinking about, you know, how to make the most of life. What, what would that kind of look like for you? And what would you tell, um, not just the business advice to the 21-year-old, but the general life advice? Um, I, I was fortunate. My, uh, my wife has always been my better half. And um, I, you know, from our first date was, you know, instantly there was a kinship and a friendship that we've continued over the years. Uh, it took me a few times. I, I proposed three times um, before it stuck. Persistence. And uh, so I was persistent, um, but continuing to, it was interesting. We first dated, and I probably wanted to move more quickly than she did. I was kind of 21 and young, and she was a little bit older than me, but also felt like I was a little too eager. And so we took a break um, for about a year, and it took me moving across the country and us just developing a really good friendship that we got to know each other uh, on a deeper level and how each other thought and, um, you know, what we valued. And after, and as we did that, we started to see each other in a different light and maybe more of a long-term light and our relationship that then rekindled and continued was, you know, had a much stronger foundation. And, you know, and getting married and having kids, there's a whole wealth of life experiences. So That's awesome. Well, Phil's a, he's a good businessman, but he's a good husband, a good dad. And he has to leave now because he has to go to dinner. So <laughs> that's, um, that's awesome. Um, where can people reach you? If they want to reach out or if they're looking to work with Max Connect, either 
on the team or from a ad agency perspective? The easiest way for me is on LinkedIn. Um, just reach out and um, message me uh, through LinkedIn and, and would love to connect. Cool. Phil, thank you so much. Okay. Appreciate it. Thanks, Charlie.